I don't have the love that I once did or the excitement that I once did to perform. When did you lose that when you were boxing? You lose some time. You lose the desire to train, but you don't lose the desire to spend that money. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Mike Tyson. I'm Sebastian Joseph Day, and we have the awesome Chris Angel in the building. What's up? What's up? Harry Houdini himself. <laughs> What's up, man? Me too, brother. I love you, you, man. Ditto. Love you, too, it's so It's been so long, our relationship. You know, so many years that we've, we've had this relationship that uh, started at uh, LAX. You remember yes. that? Yes. Back in the day. Then I told my kids about you, and then my kids are crazy about you. Yeah. And my uh, nephews <laughs> come to the show all the time. You bring your family, come to my house. And uh, it's, it's really an honor to be uh, friends with somebody who is not only a legend, but is a wonderful human being. People don't really understand that side of you. I feel like I'm interviewing you now. But you I have feel donated, interviewed. I feel you, interviewed. You have, in, you have donated so much money to pediatric cancer to my foundation. And I just want to say as a friend uh, and as a person with a kid that went through it, thank you so much. Well, thank you. I wasn't expecting that. But brother, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very humbled. So you guys met at LAX. Can you elaborate on that story? How'd that go about? Yeah, I used to, you know, that was in the Mind Freak days. Uh, and I used to go out a lot. I used to party a lot. and would run into Mike and we would hang out. And I am the master of party yeah. <laughs> ceremony. Yeah, Mike would always have my back. I, I remember an incident that happened. I don't know if you remember, this guy kept on coming up and saying he was your cousin and he was giving me all sorts of shit and stuff. And then you said to basically stay away from that. I won't use the word. <laughs> I don't, hey, listen, I forget guys. People need to be in check sometimes. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you notice right now, we're not back home in L.A. I noticed that, too, and, it's, um, and, it, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> we're here at Blue Wire Studios in Las Vegas. So, Chris, how did your career begin? Well, I got uh, tricked into it, actually. With my Aunt Stella, she showed me a trick when I was six years old. I became obsessed with it. I started performing bars when I was uh, 13, 14. I was riding my bicycle to the bars and performing and then I just started doing it and had big dreams and, uh, you know, I just was relentless, you know, put the sweat equity in, had the passion, the perseverance, just like yourself, you know, anybody who wants greatness has to put in um, that relentless effort and never give up. And yes. it took me 18 years to become an overnight success. And you also have to expect um, disappointment. Lots of anything. disappointment, yeah. But it, it, when, it, when it doesn't happen, it's not meant to be. You know, you kind of got to roll with it and, you know, pivot. And you can have a plan, but that plan can change. And, you know, it's, it's about never giving up, man. You got you to gotta, you gotta believe in it. And you got to, you know, for me, I was, I was, I never went to college. I was on the short bus in school, came from very humble beginnings, had these big dreams and didn't know how I was going to achieve them. But, uh how to figure it out, how to be like a ninja and get through whatever I had to overcome in order to accomplish it. Yeah, that's amazing. If I read correctly, your first paid appearance was at the age of 12. Is that correct? Yeah, I was uh, yeah, performing at birthday parties. 
<laughs> wow. You got to do what you got to do. No. Start, you got to start where you got to start. And then you evolve and transform. And, and now, you know, being at Planet Hollywood with the number one best selling show in Vegas, not magic show, I'm talking show. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's been crazy. I've been here since 2000 and what, 2005 with the TV show Mind Freak. And then mm-hmm. I opened up a show 2008. So I'm still here doing you know, thousands upon thousands of shows. And uh, it's been awesome. I, I love that show, by the way, growing up. How about you, Mike? Listen, um, it was awesome. Especially when the, um, got them always the pigeons come out and go back to, oh, I always loved that part. They come out, they fly all the way around, and they go back. And yeah, he's about talking it. about my live show. In, in the live show, I have pigeons, which we know Mike has an mm-hmm. affinity to. And the pigeons literally appear on the stage and then fly out over the audience. Then come back. And then sometimes people, but we don't charge extra for that. <laughs> that's good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is good, good luck. luck. That is good luck. For sure. How are, how are the pigeons? My pigeons are awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. What, what, what you do with them is really remarkable because he takes his pigeons and they like race them and they, they, they can have these pigeons go mm-hmm. and like to a specific spot. And it, it's just crazy. I trained my pigeons to go from the stage to a specific st- spot in the back of the house. But that's, you know, inside a building. Mm. When he does his things, these pigeons, how, how far do they travel? Oh, man, um, they can go up to a thousand miles. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> how, how long does it take to train them, Mike? Um, homing pigeons. You train them when they when they hatched out of their eggs. Wow, that young. How, how many do you lose along the way when they when you let them go? How many? Like if you let ten go, how many come back? Well, you could lose a big percentage. You know, sometimes four come back, sometimes five come back, sometimes two come. Back. It depends on um, the um, the ferocity of the predator. Mm. Sometimes they get lost. Sometimes, right. How about you, Chris? How long does it take you to train? Well, it takes us, you know, probably about three or four months to kind of get the bird consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our birds live probably two and a half times longer than they would if they were in the wild. Absolutely. Because, mm. you know, they don't get the... If they get two years, they'd be lucky. Really? In the wild? Wow, too, too many predators out there. Mm. Oh, yeah. Or sickness. Yeah. And, you know, stuff like that. But we, you know, we, we all our birds are like, getting certain types of vitamins and getting certain, you know, time in, in, in the sun. Because one bad apple would um, ruin the whole bunch. One gets sick, they're all going to get sick. Exactly. You got to isolate if one gets sick because that disease can spread and take yeah. your, your whole flock out. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Nah, you, you guys are grinding with those pigeons. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> God made them for us to take care of. Yes. Mike, can you talk about your uh, your love for them? How they come about? Listen, um, my first fight I got into was over a pigeon. Mm. Really? Somebody bullied me for my pigeon and mm. killed my bird, and that was the first time I ever had a fight. And that's where your love. And then I never stopped fighting since. That's amazing. For every day since then. How many how many uh, birds do you have now? Counting the ones, listen, I have probably over 100 that's breeding. Really? And I have, um, I got wiped out by the hawk, so I got around 50 birds flying around. Wow. From 100 and something. 100. Hawks wipe you out. 
That, that, actually, that's uh, he has more birds than I do. If I need some pigeons for my show, Mike, I'm yeah. calling you. <laughs> okay. Dude, can you train them to fly into the back of the house? <laughs> Mike's the pigeon plug for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, so Chris, uh, I want to talk about your successful TV show and now pivoting to your successful live show. How did that come about in Vegas, the live show? Well, it was just a natural progression you know you can only make so much money on tv you can only create such an experience on tv but to do it live um gives people that immersive interactive opportunity because a lot of people you know see my stuff on television like oh that's it's trick photography it's it's a crane holding him Mm. or these crazy things that they come up with and then they come see it live and they see me like you saw me flying around levitating you know, they see me vanishing and appearing in the audience and doing these crazy things in this immersive experience, you know, where we have a guy that goes on fire and, you know, a tornado in the show, which you haven't seen that's new. No. But a lot of like, you know, just things that you could never experience when you watch it on TV. You got to mm-hmm. be there in person. And Planet Hollywood gave me the perfect platform to do Mind Freak. And, um, you know, we do it every pretty much every day, Wednesday through Sunday at seven o'clock and uh, it goes down and, and people like, you know, really are just blown away by it. It's like a concert. People are standing and screaming and mm-hmm. happening around them, behind them, over their head. Um, it's, it's definitely a unique experience. You should get a cartoon. You know what I mean? You, you want to hear something funny? What? There is a cartoon in the beginning of that, uh, of my show because um, there was your, I think you you had a cartoon, right? Yes. And in your cartoon, you punched my cartoon in the really? face. <laughs> so we snipped that out and showed that, that cartoon of, of Mike Tyson beating my ass. Yeah, let's watch this cartoon. The cartoon got pulled up. Oh, okay. Mike. Oh, no. With the Imru Ahmed. Wait, why don't you ask him? Isn't he a magician? No way. He doesn't do magic. He does illusions. Like I got your nose or something. It's okay, Mark. It's okay. I don't have your nose. It's just my thumb tip. It's an illusion. Yeah, I wasn't worried. It's just a mean thing to do to kids, okay? Michael. Michael! Where are you going? See? Let's just make sure that that doesn't happen in real life. (laughs) That is crazy. But it's your pigeon. You're protecting him. I told him he could sleep with mine. I think I saw a movie about that one time. It starred Paul Newman. Wait a minute. You're divorced. I told him young he was my wife. What? <laughs> She's 18. She needs the experience. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's awesome. Yep. So the amount of training is immense, right? Preparing for these shows. Yeah, well, it very much, you know, like uh, my show is very physical and mm-hmm. it's become even more physical. And I'm 55 now or. And, um, and, and I, it's, it's been challenging, but I've got really into a regimen. Now I've been training like a maniac since last year with, I've always been interested in MMA, but I started training with a guy named Frank Mir, who, who was a UFC champion, two-time mm-hmm. champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I work with, uh, work with him probably about four or five days, four hours a day. I spar, wow. uh, you know, and, and do jujitsu and uh, you know, a little bit of everything. And then I go do my show while I'm doing intermittent fasting. So it's been, um, it's been definitely something that has increased my endurance. And it's something I want to ask you, Mike, if you don't mind, but like, if you're, if you're doing X amount of rounds and you're doing a prize fight, 
how many rounds do you spar for in order to build up to or to be more than ready for the amount of if you're doing 12 rounds or 10 rounds well um you normally box six rounds a day right and then as close as it get we probably box three three days in a row 10 rounds 10 rounds three days in a row and did you get somebody fresh every round right every round no first you fight one guy for three rounds then another guy coming for three rounds then another guy coming for three rounds then some guy you may have to chase for one round. So. Sheesh. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty. That, that's like hardcore stuff. And the, and the job is to kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. If they're not kicking your ass, they gotta go home. So you know these guys that um, they pay to do some stuff. So when you get tagged from one of these guys, does it does it make that instinct of like I'm gonna get them? Or do you realize? Well, sometimes, oh, boom, when I hit something, you black out real quick. You know, um, <laughs> individuals. I'm sure they have this in football. In practice, mm. they can kick anybody's ass in the world. Yeah. But once they get in, they get in the ring, somebody start eating some popcorn, they put the lights on, they freeze. No, that's facts. Yeah, they freeze. And I say, why don't you fight these guys like you fought me? You'd be world champion. But um, it doesn't work. It doesn't connect when they get They're in the not rain. able yeah. to deal with the... Uh, they can't make connect in the rain than they can in the gym. Right. Like, like the pressure probably. You thrived yeah. on that. Absolutely. You thrived on that. You thrived on the buildup, the, the, all the preliminary, you know, uh, uh, setup to the fight. And then you... Because that's the, that's the entertainment part yeah. of fighting in this sport. The press conference, the interview, that's the entertainment part. Talk, talk a lot of... You know what I mean? Bravo stuff us to be humble. That's just, um, that's our therapy. That's our therapy and that's our um, theatrics. Mike, I have a question. How did you manage to not let that get to you? Or did you use it as like a positive motivation, like all that fame? And same thing for you, Chris. Like, how'd you guys handle that in that regard? How are you able to balance it? No one's it? taught to handle that. I guess we go through trial and error. Sometimes you're not in a good mood and somebody bothers you and you may say something that you normally wouldn't say if you were in a good mood. Mm. So that's just how it's just um, dealing with life and life turns. Sometimes mm-hmm. with celebrities, but somebody they don't know what happened. They don't know why you lost my child or lost somebody in my family, my mother, and they mm-hmm. jump in your face with a camera. Mm-hmm. And this is what's interesting with people like us, because with guys like us, putting a camera in our face is like putting a gun in somebody else's face. They can kill us with that. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and that's the thing. I, I had an incident one time where my mom had like uh, some, she needed an emergency surgery on her heart and she was elderly and I was on the phone and I'm tears in my eyes and somebody's coming up to me, people are coming up to me while I'm on the phone. Hey, can I get a pit? And totally like, going savage mode. Yeah. 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 Totally. It, it's like I know. Totally wrong timing. Crazy. Like, and I'm usually pretty, you know, very nice about it. And, 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 and recently you've had an incident where like, the dude is just poking you. He's poking the monster, poking the monster. What's going to happen if you do that? Going to get your ass whooped. Exactly. I think. I think the worst for me is dinner. Like when you're eating dinner with like family or someone, yeah, and you have spaghetti coming out of and your then, mouth. Then, like, then so- I, get, I don't mean to. Bo- I don't mean to bother you. I'm like, bro, I'm with my family. I don't mean to I'm, I'm you. eating. But like- can I get a picture? <laughs> Every time I'm in, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like that's going to get me. I Hey, I'm going to take a shit. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> shit. Oh, God, I take a shit. Oh. I never, every time I'm at the pistol, 
Another guy in the store, and he starts talking. I say, hey, hey, let's chill out, okay, man. You know, we're right here fucking pissing. Like, hey, man, Mike Tyson, how you doing? Like, oh, man, I'm a fat Mike Tyson. Chill the fuck out, okay? If I turn around and piss on you. <laughs> anyway, but you're, I understand, yeah. So you actually brought something up. Uh, Frank, Frank Mirror, you guys are having a podcast together, right? Yeah, we're going to, I'm going to announce it here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's going to be, it's talking junkies. That's going to be so funny. And, uh, it's, it's myself. It's, uh, Frank Mir, Rampage Jackson. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Wow. Rampage Jackson. It's going to be crazy. And then we so, have, we have a, talk so much shit. <laughs> we have a comedian too, uh, Mike Hammer, that's going to be doing it. So it's, it's going to be off the hook. And I wanted to ask you, Mike, cause we've known each other for a million years and not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot. <laughs> Would you be the first guest? Fuck yeah. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, man. All day, every day, bro. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, you heard it. We'll, 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 we'll have to get a studio that you can smoke in. Yeah. Thank you very <laughs> much for being so they're gonna start. They're going to start putting ventilation. I can't believe as my as people. Of, I can't believe my people. We're done. <laughs> exactly. So, fatherhood, marriage. How's that? How, how's, how's, the regular, how's the other life going, the outside life? Yeah, my, you know, listen, the most important thing in my life is my kid, Johnny Christopher, uh, went through, you know, pediatric cancer. He got diagnosed when he was 20 months old, went through it for three years, was in remission for about a year. You came to that party at my house uh, with your kid and, and Kiki. And then uh, less than a year, he had a relapse. And then we went through this another two years and thank God he just uh, last February rang the remission bell wow. and he's been uh, really doing good. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you so much. So now, now it's about these other kids that are suffering, you know, one child every two minutes uh, is diagnosed with pediatric cancer. It doesn't matter if you're black, brown, white, rich, poor, famous or not it can affect everybody. So uh, my goal is to try to raise awareness and dollars and, and, and try to, um, you know, help these kids that don't have a voice. Yeah, that is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, and Mike, and Mike has been such a great partner in that. And uh, people, people don't see that side of him, you know. They, well, they think of Mike Tyson. Those are the sides they're not supposed to see. Yeah, uh, mm. Well, you know, it's, it, that, I understand that. But your heart is something so wonderful. And uh, you and, and, and Kiki are just the nicest, most charitable people. And, uh, and I, I'll say it for... You, you don't have to say, you, you, you don't know Mike. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't know him, you don't really know him because he has a side of him that is, is very different than beating the ass of somebody. It's beating the ass of, of, of these diseases that, that really inflict our children. Thank you very much. Yeah. Chris, while you're saying this, yeah, I got to thank Mike as well. Like, this is day one. I've been here. He's, he hasn't beaten your ass. No, he's yeah. been. I mean, he's been. He's been an amazing human being. Like, yeah. you know, just a young kid just trying to make a way. You know, a young uh, athlete trying to make a way, and he's helped me so much. You know, do this and Mike for real. Like, you're, uh, it's all good, man. You're we're trying, man. To, you're we're trying to build something, brother. We're yeah. building something together. Yeah. Appreciate you. Um, but can we go back to your stunts? Why are they so dangerous? Like, how do you? exactly like how do you like come up with this stuff well i just i just you know when you go in the ring it's you know you're going in the ring you could die right you could yeah. you could have permanent damage you know but i don't think about that if i was um i mean just well but for me i'm gonna do things that are gonna be things that you're never gonna see anybody else do mm. so you know in my show i'm 
you know, levitating 20, 30 feet in the air. I pick somebody up and fly away with them. I've literally fallen and hit the ground, got up and continued. Um, you know, shit happens. And so when I did Mind Freak and the other shows, I would, I would do things like hang from fish hooks because I really believe that the mind is so strong. Mm. You know, this is so strong. You know, you, you can, you visualize things, but when the mind, body and spirit works together, anything is possible. And I wanted to test myself. So I hung by four fish hooks without any painkillers, not on anything. I hung from a helicopter, you know, flew over the Valley of Fire. Then I hung for six hours, broke a record. Um, I, I try to put myself in situations that would blur the line between a magic trick and reality and let people be inspired and see that, you know, the human mind, the human body is capable of much more than, than, than what we think it is. And then when you, when you get punched in, you know, People don't understand. When you get punched in the face, there's a big fear of being punched in the face. But when you're punched in the face and you continuously get, you know, punched, you start becoming used to what that feeling is and mm. how to avoid the punch in the face. Um, it's not and as not scary. Afraid, you're not afraid to be hit with mm -hmm. it. No, you're not. And, you know, one of the drills I do with Frank is I'm not allowed to move. I literally stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and I have to block, weave, and, and do things um, without moving and, and I've gotten punched in the face. I just got, I was in a hospital because my eye, I kept on, he, he poked my eye or had the glove just scrape my eye. So I had to go get it looked at. But at the end of the day, you know, that becoming one with pain is, is a feeling of being alive. I, if that makes any sense, but like, you know, when I'm hanging by fish hooks and, and, and I'm feeling like, oh my God, this is the most incredible pain I've ever felt. Then I just let myself go and I just become one with the pain and it doesn't have the same effect, you know? So for me, um, it's the same thing in, if you get punched in the face, you know, unless you get knocked out, but if you get punched in the face a few times, you, you realize that the anticipation of getting punched in the face mm -hmm. is a lot more and actually getting punched than actually yeah. getting punched in the face. That's the same way with pressure. Pressure is not being a guy all over throwing a lot of punches. Pressure is not being hit. Pressure is the thought of being hit. Mm. Yep. Exactly. The, the, thought of the pressure is worse than the actual occurrence. Oh, yeah. No, big definitely. time. No, big time. It makes perfect sense because I think about it, like in football, I'm taking those double teams. Like those 600 pounds on me, like I don't even think about it. Like it's not even come to my mind, but people always ask, like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just do it. Like it's part of your life. It's part of your life. And it's crazy with, with, with football and stuff like, you know, the, the athletes today, you know, compared to like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago have become beasts and they're able to so agile and they're so athletic and, you know, they're able to do things that, you know, the evolution of the sport and boxing and UFC, you know, mixed martial arts stuff. It's, it's, it's really um, crazy to think like, you know, dudes are 250, 300 pounds running around. Like, you know, they're not 300 pounds. Yeah. It is crazy. Honestly, I look at myself like, or I weigh on the scale sometimes like, man, I really am 300 pounds. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm 300. Yeah. So it's like, and it's funny because people always tell me like, oh, I don't look like it. Like, how much do you weigh? You. Like, it's crazy because regular fans don't really know. They look at you, they're like, what position do you play? Linebacker? And I'm like, 
Oh, I'm 300 pounds. I'm like, get 300 pounds. But there's, there's something we call in boxing, um, good weight and bad weight. Mm. You know? Yeah, true. Very true. So, Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible because you, you train. I, I watch videos all the time. You're, how, how often are you still training? Yeah, I train. Um, I will train every day. But then next thing you know, when you train every day, like, then you get hurt. Mm. Then it takes a week or two off. So mm. I train pretty much. When I'm training, I train pretty much every day, but I cut it back down to like four times a week. And what do you, how long do you train for? Um, I may do some rowing. Mm-hmm. What? 400 times, 400 rows. Mm. I might slam the ball 200 times, five times, five sets of 20, or 10 sets of 20. And then I go on the treadmill for probably an hour. Wow. And, and, and you're, you're in your 50s. You're about the same age, right? What are you? Yeah, 56. 50? All right, so you're a little, you got it six months on me probably. So do you find that now, like for me, I have to do a lot more stretching? Yes, yeah, so I was stretching everything. It just doesn't mend well. Yes, it takes longer. You have to get massaged. It's loosen up the, it loosen up all your joints and bones because you don't just snap right away. Yeah. Comes with age. So, so you, so in before you spar and all that stuff, you you probably have a routine. Well, obviously. I used to. I hit the bag before I go train. Also, I jump rope. But then I started um, just going in there, working out in the um, sparring session, warming up. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I stretch all the time. Yeah. I have to. Yeah, I mean, I need to. Um, it's legit. If I don't, it's a wrap. And it's crazy. The older I get, because I'm, you know, I'm. I just turned 28. Yeah, you could be our kid. <laughs> yeah, I just, tur- I just turned 28. And uh, you still feel it, though. Like, your body, like, it's crazy how much the body does change. Like, things I, I was able to do when I first entered the NFL. So now I, like, take a little more time to warm up. I make sure I'm really stretching. I got to make sure I, my diet's clean. And be careful what you eat, too. Yeah, yeah. careful what you eat, like, because all that kind of catches up to you. So, yeah, definitely stretching. So, like, so things. for you on, in your diet, like, do you do, you do like, you just eat like six meals a day? No, actually, it's really funny. You said it. Um, I intermittent fast as well. Okay. So when, what, like you eat one meal? It's, no, or I do. Or I, like a six hour six, period? Yeah, six hour period. Okay. So I stop, I try to stop eating at uh, eight all, and then I don't eat till 12. Gotcha. And the next following day. Yeah. Have you ever tried that? It's stop eating, period. <laughs> so Chris, I remember reading something about your parents supporting you when you were a child, but then when it came to college, they kind of had a change of heart. You want to talk about that? Well, yeah, they wanted me to go to college. They had a, a, a plan for me and I kind of uh, had a plan for myself, but my parents are supportive. You know, I, my attitude was like, dad, mom, if I'm not a millionaire by the time I'm 18, then I go to college. Well, 18 came around Never was a millionaire. Then 18 years came around. <laughs> I, I didn't make it till I was like 36, 37 years old. Wow. You, didn't lose, you didn't lose your good dream, though. I never lost it. You know, I, I, I was relentless. And, and that's really a testament to people that are listening or watching. You know, like if you have something in your head, life is so fragile. We don't know how long we're going to be here. So you got to make the most of every moment. And you can never give up on what you believe in as long as what you want is somewhat realistic. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I like you, that. You, you can't, you know, I, I can't think to myself at, at, at uh, 55, I, I want to be a, a, a boxing champion. It's just never going to happen. You know, I could do it as a hobby, but it's never going to happen. 
No, that's real. I see. I appreciate that advice. I appreciate that. That's 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 real. Yeah, your dreams have to follow suit of what you're doing, the work that you put in each and every day, and uh, that's amazing. That is amazing testament to you, man. Your perseverance, right, Mike? No doubt about it. Crazy. That's grinding, grinding away. Well, you know, I was told education was for people who failed on everything else in life. They always fall fall back on that. Hmm. And when you fail and everything else, oh, let's go back to this college degree. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and nowadays, I, I don't know, like the, the world is so different, right? It like, is. Do you, like, unless you want to be a doctor or a brain surgeon, a lawyer or something like that. But, you know, like, why go to school for liberal arts, you know, when you can, you can go in the trenches and actually do it. And, and that for me is, you know, what I like my kids, like, I, I'm not going to like it depending upon what they want to do in their life, I'm not going to push them to anything, but depending upon what it is, that will determine whether they have to go to college or not. Like, mm. you know, because it's a trade-off. If I went to college to, to, to have that type of education, which is helpful, absolutely, I would have lost time and you would have lost time. Holy moly. I wasn't interested in what they were teaching me in school. Yeah. I didn't want to go. You, you wanted to train. You wanted to I want to be a wanted, fighter, yeah. yeah. Nothing else. I sit down and look at the window. One day I'm going to be champ. But you, but, <laughs> but, but, but you, 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 you were able to improve your grades so that you can go and, and start working at, at the gym. I did really good. Yeah. You went like you went from one, uh, I think it was, what was it, reading or something yeah. like that, and then you jumped to like seventh oh, see, grade. Yeah, that was when I was in a detention center. Yeah. But once I got um, in Casco, I was a teenager, I was going to regular high school. It sucked. You know, it was just, um, I was the biggest kid in the school. I feel like Mighty Joe Young. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> and why, the kids bust your child? Oh, hell young? yeah, call me Mighty Joe Young. They're the gorilla at Mighty Joe yeah, Young. Yeah, of course, oh, but you, you, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't look at that as like a good thing, like you have an advantage of every, over everybody? No, I just kicked that. That's what I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kick uh, their ass. Do you, do you still, do you still? When I first came to school, they thought I was a new teacher. Really? <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you one of those kids that like developed earlier that you had like yeah, a, the, yeah, the mustache? No, I had no face shape. I was big. big. <laughs> okay. I was 13. I'm big. 200 pounds. Do you still have that same passion for fighting as you did as a boy? No way. No, right? No way. No. Fighting for people who have nothing else to do in life. If you can't do nothing else in, in life, you go to boxing or becoming a criminal. One or the other. Now everybody fights now. You know, everybody, college graduates become yeah. fighters. What do you think of that? I think that's beautiful. I mean, you can't stigmatize the two of them. They're both the same. If you're a good student, most likely you'll be a good fighter. Yeah, because it takes discipline. But it takes pressure, handling pressure, test, taking all these tests, that's pressure, like just like a fight. Mm. And so people who are uh, prolific in school are normally prolific in life and in sports. That's why, that's why the quarterback is the main guy. He's used to taking those tests. He won't do that pressure. So he's pressure, he handles the pressure of the guys approaching him. It's all about the pressure. It's all the same. Fighting the um, economics. It's all the same. Pressure is pressure. When, when, I, and the reason why I asked you this, because you have to understand, I've done like almost 7,000 shows in Vegas. And 
you know, it's, it's difficult because I do so many shows a week. And, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like a hamster in a wheel. Mm. And, you know, I, 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 I don't have the passion. Oh, not the passion. I shouldn't say that. I, I don't have the love that I once did or the excitement that I once did to perform. How, when did you lose that when you were boxing? Was it like in the middle of your career at the end of your, towards the end or like real early and you just kind of still did it? Kind of early, but I still did it. And um, you lose some time, you lose the desire to train, but you don't lose the desire to spend that money. <laughs> <laughs> and that keeps you fighting. Yeah. If you didn't um, properly use your money, yeah, you have to continue fighting. You have to continue fighting. It's a, it's a vicious cycle, right? And and if it happens when you're young, because you know, like if I was successful when I was in my twenties, I've been fucking out of control. Listen, I you know? just, um, it is out of control. Almost. Yeah, that was a nightmare. I wish I smoked during my fighting career. Really, I really, was a totally Chill? different person. Drink every day. I was, I was an alcoholic during my fight career. Seriously? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Right after fights, woo, boy. Woo. What was the choice of uh, liquor? What was the bag? I had long gun and iced teeth. I had um, Hennessy. Uh-huh. It's the typical um, um, one-way ticket to hell drinks. <laughs> yeah, anything is possible with him. Yeah. <laughs> Long Island Ice Tea has like a multiple liquors in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that left you up. Definitely. And I would drink during the daytime too. I'm smashed. I'm going on sets and stuff. I'm trying to do auditions. I'm smashed. That's amazing. <laughs> while training? Yeah. While training? I know. Oh my God. The while training? That's insane, Mike. No, it's like food. Your body starts to need it. Mm-hmm. You can't perform without it. So let me do some of this. You're back. Yeah. Back. Well, probably the training sessions probably helped you because then you were able to take, yeah. you sweat it all out. So, like, it kind of, like, always, like, brought you back. Because drinking gives you that same, I'll just step this way, it gives you that same adrenaline that's tight in the sports. When you start drinking, you start shaking, and when you get focused, mm-hmm. same thing. The spirits, too. That's why they call it the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or liquid courage. Yes. <laughs> then they, big time liquid courage. If I'm correct, they say that. Alcohol actually stands for Al Ghul. It's like a actual evil spirit. Like when you dr- so it actually means brings it out. Of it you. brings it out of you. But then again, there's people that are assholes. And once they start drinking, they're the best people in the world. It is no, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, sure. Some people when they're not drinking, they make me sick to my nerves. They're nasty. They're mean. They mean. They're considerate about people's feelings. I think, well, let's get drunk. I just um, drink. Yeah. Some people are better drunks than they are human beings when they're not drinking. That's true. Well, Chris, we have gifts for you. Big time gifts. Big time gifts. Oh, really? So, brother Chris, I'm I'm getting into the apparel business. They call you know, it. I saw that. That's really <laughs> I, I said the right word. God damn, I love it. So, this is one of my gifts for my apparel. Oh, let me open this. Thank. You. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Swag. Oh, look, at this. look at this. Look at this. Just made the market. Yes, yeah. tough. And, and 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 I know that you have hats too that you've been signing. You've been signing these hats, right? And, and we also look got this. That's tough. Oh, that's awesome. It's tough. Love, Love this. Oh, brother. We also got some good stuff for you right here. Well, um, 
Is this, is, is this the ear? Yes. Who would ever think? Oh, yes. <laughs> Can I just talk about this yes. for a second? Who would ever think in a million years? Because I never forget where I was. I was at the wine gallery in East Metal on Hempstead Turnpike. I had to pay admission to a bar I used to perform at to watch your fight against Holyfield. We're watching it. Uh-huh. Obviously, the ear came off, and now we're marketing. No, listen, this even, I have an even better one than that. Me and Holyfield are the only two fighters that are get, still getting paid for a fight that's 30 years old. That's true. That's amazing. That's still getting paid from that that's fight. That's legendary. That is amazing. And it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, look at those people. And it's beautiful that you and Holyfield are, like, so tight. That's, listen. That's such a great thing. He thought thing. this was some kind of insult until he found out how that check was working. <laughs> Hey, hey, that money hit. Hey, brother Mike. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Lord, Everything goes out the window when that money hit. I'm telling you, money changes a lot of things. Thank you for the shirt, man. Don't worry about it. We have a lot of stuff to do. See, this camera got millions and tens of millions of people watching you. Right on. Tell them something. Tell them what you want them to know. They want to see you again. They want to know what you're doing. I'm I'm right over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if if you'd like to come see Mind Freak and get your mind blown, and I can say it on here. Your mind will be fucking blown. Ask Mike. He's seen the show a couple of times. My mind is still blown. Yes. So get tickets to Chris Angel Mind Freak at Planet Hollywood um, here in Vegas. You can get them at chrisangel.com. That's C-R-I-S-S, angel.com. Uh, you can follow me at Chris Angel on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah. And if you want to donate and help save a child's life, you can do that at chrisangelhelp.com. We certainly appreciate it. And it's Beautiful. been an honor and Help a pleasure. Help people thrive. Yes. Yeah, it's been an honor and pleasure. Well, there you have it. It's Chris Angel. That's Mike Tyson. We're here at Blue Wire Studios in Las Vegas. You know the vibes. We're here at Hot Boxing and we're out of here. 